Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what happened this week. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I just want to welcome everyone that is worshiping with us today around this country to the Tabernacle of Praise worship service today. I promise that today we want you just to share this page, just invite someone uh, to join us today, wave at us, just let, you, let, let us know that you're worshiping with us today. Truly, this is going to be a blessing. You know, we live in some perilous times. People's hearts are failing them for the fear of the things that is coming upon this earth, this pandemic, this worldwide pandemic that's affecting all of us. There are a thousand people dying every 24 hours. It is just a terrible, over 15.500 million people are dying and are infected with this, uh, with this virus. So we need the Lord to come into our hearts we're in these last days. The Bible says that if my people, wherever you are, God says, if my people who are called by my name would simply humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, then, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. We need healing today. We need healing. And I'm so thankful today we have uh, Brother Jossie Haynes is going to lead us, lead us to the throne of grace as we prepare our minds to meet God. God is so good, guys. And I just want to tell you that I am so thankful. And we're going to open up with some prayer. As I go into prayer right now, just close your eyes wherever you are. If you need to raise your hands and you want to thank them, I'm going to start with Thanksgiving. Dear Heavenly Father God, we are so thankful that you are a man of your word, that you said that you're gonna do something and you always see it through. We are so thankful for the fact that we have our eyes, that we have our mouth, that we have the hands that we have, that the feet that we are able to walk on is an opportunity for us to give you praise. God, we're just so thankful. We just wanna thank you, God, for, for the jobs that we don't have and the jobs that we do have. Because the job that we do have, God, we're so thankful that we are able to praise you. So God, we wanna intercede right now. There are people right now that are hurting, I have friends that I know that are in the hospital or that are about to be in the hospital or have or are thinking about if they should go to the hospital or people that are about to lose their job or you know in the midst of losing their job or have already lost their job and they don't know when their their next check is going to come in or when the next opportunity will come but God we just want to let you know that we are trusting you. We trust you so much God because sometimes when we don't see the way we trust your heart we can't trace your hand. We have to trust your heart. You have never failed us yet, God, and we are so thankful for that. So, God, we I intercede for anyone who's in the valley of decision, where they feel hopeless, where they don't know when what the tomorrow is going to bring, God. That you have always seen us through. You've never, we've never seen the righteous forsaken or the or his or his people begging begging for bread, God. The fact that we even here right now is a testimony of your love. The fact that you can, we can say that we hear, that we, that we are seeing, that we are doing things, God, we're so thankful for that. And we, we just know that because you love us, you're going to see this thing through. And I want to go into praise, God, because when we can't see what's happening, right, we don't know what's happening in front of us, we can just praise you in advance, God. 
when when my trust is without borders, right? When I can't even, when I don't even know where my faith is gonna come from, God, I ask for that mustard seed faith, that little tiny piece of me, that when I cannot trust you, God, when I don't know how to trust you, I ask you to, you know, help my help my heart, help my unbelieving heart, God, help me to see the next thing that you've done. Then help me to just praise you incrementally until it becomes instinctual. Praise you, God. We praise you right now because you are good, God. We clap our hands, God, because you are so good. You've been so good to us, God, that we don't even know how to count the blessings. So we just say right now, thank you. And for those who need you, God, be there for them. And we ask that you will continue to give us praise in our heart because that's all we were made to do. Praise you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Good morning, family. Elder Carol here with the Stewardship Nugget. And you'll remember last couple of times I spoke to you, I spoke to you about stewardship of talent where we can use our talents to bless God and praise his name throughout this pandemic. And also before that, I had mentioned to you about stewardship of temple where I reminded you uh, that you need to be safe and that they had even come up with a plant that prevents coronavirus. And that plan is to plant yourself at home and stay there. And the other thing I told you was, you're not gonna kill me, put on your mask. So we wanna remember those are also stewardship. Today I wanna to tell you about stewardship of time, T-I-M-E. During this pandemic, have you ever wondered about drawing closer to God? This is a prime opportunity to draw closer to God. And if you and God aren't as close as you used to be, who moved? It wasn't God, he's faithful. So we have to ask ourselves, how during this pandemic time, can I use my time wisely to draw closer to God? One of the things we can do, of course, is study the word. You've always wanted to read the Bible through in a year. You've always had certain areas you wanted to study more about. You've always wanted to give Bible studies. Perfect time for it. Use your time now to study God's word. Also, draw closer through increased prayer life. Brother Jossie gave us a beautiful prayer. How is your prayer life with God? Do you need to pray more often? Do you need to pray more sincerely, more fervently? Do you need help understanding the power of prayer? Use your time to learn about prayer and its power. Another thing we can do is to testify to God's goodness. It's not all bad during this pandemic. We've seen miracles occur. Miracles have occurred in your life. Testify to it. Tell somebody about God's goodness and how he's going to bring us all through this. Also, you can get to know your family. Isn't that something strangers in your own household? Now that you have time to spend with them, do you really know who they are? Do you recognize that they're your first missionary work? That they look at you in God's place? Use this time to get to know your family. If you do these things, study the word, increase your prayer life, testify, and recognize your family as a missionary field, you will draw closer to God. One of the things, some of the things that will happen while you do this, you'll increase in faith, you'll increase in trust in God, and you'll increase in dependence upon God. All great things that we can benefit from during this pandemic just by using our time wisely. I want to thank you also for your support with tithe and offering. Please remember to continue to be faithful in returning a faithful tithe and a faithful offering. God's work still has to go on. Remember that. Even though it's a pandemic, we still want to return a faithful tithe and offering. You can return it on the cash app 
with dollar sign TOP giving. And you can also go to adventistgiving.org and look up Tabernacle of Praise, Spanish Lake, Missouri, and make your return there. Thank you so much. Remember, stewardship never stops. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Elder, for encouraging us to be faithful stewards. You know, it, it is my pleasure to present to most of us our, our speaker for today. We're blessed to have the leader of this conference, the Great Central States Conference, under the leadership of our president, Pastor Roger Bernard, who has been doing a phenomenal job through these tenuous times. It's good to have a general at the helm leading us, a man who is under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and it's evident uh, every day. And I am, we need to just continue to pray for him, lift his arms up as he leads us uh, through this journey. And we just uh, are blessed to have him today. And we just want to thank him for coming out. And I know he's going to bring a powerful word as he always does. Uh, after our special music uh, from Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson, the next voice you will hear will be that of Pastor Evangelist President Roger Bernard. Hear ye him. Good morning. I just want to uh, acknowledge that Joseph Price has been playing a lot of these songs for me that I'm singing on Sabbath morning. Thank you, Joseph.
Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, well, I can't see you, but you can see me. And it's good to be able to come together on these means. Again, I want to say uh, happy Sabbath again to my Tabernacle of Praise Church family and to everybody else who might be watching us virtually. Uh, we say welcome to this worship experience on today. We're thankful for all the things that God continually does for us. And we appreciate all that he's doing uh, in our behalf. I wanna take this opportunity to thank my uh, Tabernacle of Praise Church family for your faithfulness. Uh, your faithfulness along with the other churches in the Central States Conference, uh, your faithfulness financially has been a blessing to the conference. Uh, so even in these stringent times of Corona, 
and, and this virus going around and people losing their jobs and what have you. To see the churches still be faithful is such a blessing. And we want to thank you for, uh, thank you Tabernacle of Praise and all of our church families for the work that you're doing to ensure that ministry continues to take place in the Central States Conference. Well, we're ready to get into the word. Um, and I literally, I'm preaching two words today. I got to preach at an outdoor service. And, uh, but I had to stop by Tabernacle of Praise to, to share what God has placed on my heart here first. And so if you would turn in your Bibles and remember as we study, you want to take down, get your paper, your pens, take down notes, go back, restudy. We want you to make sure that you are, are spending some time throughout this day going back over the sermon materials and applying the lesson to your life. So if you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua at the beginning of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. All right. Uh, Joshua chapter six is where we're going to begin our study today. We're going to move over into uh, chapter seven as well. So Joshua chapter six, we're going to scoot over into chapter seven as well. So hold on to your Bibles. I'm going to begin reading at verse 15. I'm going to read verses 15 through 21. Write that down. I'm going to jump to verse 24. Then I'm going to jump over into chapter seven. So stay with me as we develop the context for our message today. Joshua chapter six, beginning at verse 15. And here's what the Lord says. I trust that you're ready. If you have it on your phones, your iPads, the printed page, whatever you have it, here's what the word says. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on this day, they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet with the trumpet, Joshua said unto the people, shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the city, watch this, stay, get, get, you got to get this, don't miss this now. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourself accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. Now this is some specific stuff here, you all stay with me. But all the silver and gold and and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20 says, so the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Talking about the walls that surrounded Jericho, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man 
and woman, young and old and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein only the silver and gold and the vessels of brass and of iron uh, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Now we're going to jump over into, uh, into chapter 7 and we want to read verse 1. I'm going to read verse 10 and maybe some others, but we'll see. Uh, Joshua chapter 7, jumping to verse 1, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord, I'm pausing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Verse 10 says, and the Lord, verse 10, jump over to verse 10. Here's what it says. And the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Verse 11, Israel had sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them for they have even taken of the accursed things and have also stolen and dissembled also. And they have and they have put it even amongst their own stuff. I'm gonna pause there. The title of our message this morning is Withdrawn Blessings. Withdrawn Blessings. Let's pray everyone. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need to hear a word from you. And so we ask that you will speak because we are listening. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Just for context, we know the story well. The children of Israel had gone into the promised land and God had begun the process to fulfill his covenant with them that he would bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Remember, because of their disobedience and disbelief, they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. And this was at the conclusion of the 40 years. Moses was now uh, no longer their leader. Joshua was leading them now. And it was, it was his task to lead them over the Jordan River into the promised land. And the word says they get there and God gives them their battle plans. God says to them, this is how you're going to take this city that seems impregnable. It has these massive walls that are surrounding it. As a matter of fact, the people inside, have a, they have a false sense of security because they think nobody can scale their walls and, and beat their defenses and take the city. And so, and so the Lord give, gives them, gives the children of Israel their battle plans. He says, I want you to march around the city one time each day. But when you get to the seventh day, I wish I had time to preach that one, but I don't. When you get to the seventh day, I want you to march around those walls seven times. And, and, and when you march around on the seventh time, when you hear the trumpets blow, I want you to shout and my angels are going to do the rest. See, there were unseen warriors that were with Israel, warriors that they could not see, warriors that, that, that were not in that city, but warriors that were on the outside of the city, warriors that were on the children 
children of Israel side that were waiting for the command of the, 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 the general in chief of heaven, uh, waiting for the command to knock those walls down flat. And when the people follow God's direction, when they marched around that seven time, when the trumpets blew and they begin to shout, those unseen warriors knocked the walls down flat and the people of God were energized and they went over to do everything. Don't miss this. They went over to do everything that God had requested, everything that God said. Now remember, he said, when you go over into this city, don't take anything except for the golden vessels, the silver vessels, the bronze and iron vessels. Bring those into my treasury. They will be used to worship me. Everything else, don't touch it. Destroy everything. The command was clear. The command was solid. The command was understood. And can I pause? This, not, this is not even in the sermon. But can I pause to say that, that, that this is a type of tithe to the Lord. When God brings them over into the promised land for the first time, the first part of what they will inherit belongs to God solely like he says when we receive our pay that the first part of that pay belongs to him it is not for us and so we have to return it it's almost like a tithe in that God this first part belonged to God and he told them don't touch it that same thing as he tells us don't touch the tithe because it is holy don't touch the offering it belongs to me but we know the word says that I, I could focus in on Rahab, but I don't want to do that this morning. I want to focus in on, 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 on Achan. The word says that while Achan is going over, following God's instructions, he sees there some gold, a block of gold and some silver and a fine garment, and, and he covets them. And, and while no one's looking, at least he thinks no one's looking, he looks to, uh, to the right, my right, your left, to the left, my left, your right, and, and, he, and he takes it, maybe stuffs it under his garment. He makes his way from the battle back to his tent and, and he digs a hole in the tent and he buries them thinking that no one saw. Well, Jericho was conquered. The people were rejoicing. They felt pretty good about this battle. They felt pretty good about how they were given the victory. And so the word says that they now are going to move on to this their, their next conquest, the city AI, this small place. So they send out scouts and those scouts go and, and they come back with this report. We, we don't need everybody. Let some of the soldiers get some rest. All we need, give me, give me about two, 3,000 soldiers. We'll go over and take care of this little city. And, and so they take about 3,000 men with them and they make their way to AI. Only AI whoop their hips. <laughs> Wait a minute. They just took Jericho, this massive city. They took Jericho, these massive walls, and they go over to this small place and they get destroyed. They come back dejected. They come back. They can't believe what's happened. They come back feeling like they're going to be a mockery in the land now. No one is going to be afraid if little AI 
could whoop them. Nobody's going to be afraid of them. They, they come back and they can't believe what's happened. And all of Israel now, they are dejected and they're down and they're sobbing and they rip their clothes and they lay on the ground and they pour dirt on their heads and they can't believe that they have been defeated. They don't know what's going on. Why would God bring them into the promised land to have them be defeated at their second battle? While Joshua is lying on the ground, God says to him, man, what you doing on the ground? Get up. Israel, listen, man, listen, guys, you can't miss this. Israel has sinned. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you all get it or did you did you miss it? Did, did you get it? I, I almost missed it. It wasn't Israel that took of the accursed things that incurred the displeasure of God. It was Achan. But when God is now talking to Joshua about why he has, watch this, withdrawn his blessings from his people, he said it was because Israel had sinned. Can I pause to suggest to you that whenever there is an Achan in the camp, the blessings of God will not flow to the body because God refuses to bless known sins. And God will withhold the promised blessings to all of his people as a result of one person who is living in open sin. I know you all are saying that's unfair, that's unfair. Why would God? Why would God do something like this? Why, 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 why would God punish everybody for one person? You know, I when I was in grade school, some of you may, some of you may be able to relate to this. If one person was doing something that the teacher said don't do, everybody was penalized. Teacher would say, take out everybody, write a hundred lines. I will not talk. And you raise your hand and say, but I didn't talk. And she said, but, but he talked. And so now everybody is responsible for the one. I didn't understand it then, but I, I understand it now. You know, the next time she said, don't talk, there was not just he that didn't talk, but anybody else who was thinking to talk, they did not talk. And, and it is this kind of thing that, that, that God was dealing with. If he allowed just Aiken to get away with it, then, then maybe down the line, and, we, and if you continue, I wish I, man, I wish I had time to really go into preaching this thing because down the line, you could see how, how, how all of Israel began to do things thinking that, they would, that, that God would overlook it, but that's for another time. God, God wanted to send a clear message that as long as sin is in the camp, I'm not gonna bring my blessings. I expect that my people get rid of sin. Why? The question I'm have to ask myself is why is this thing, why was this thing so offensive to God? Well, I'm glad you asked because I wanted to tell you and it really brings me to my first point. This, my first point, Achan's 
sin was so offensive to God because it was a bold defiance. A bold, write it down. You got to write that down. I'm waiting for you all to write it down. It was a bold defiance. God was clear. The people understood it. It was rehearsed to them. The battle plans are go over there, take the city, but don't touch anything. It is accursed. The only thing I want you to bring out is those things that are going to go into my temple and, and going to be used to worship me. Don't touch anything. This brother knew what God required. He knew the instructions. He understood what God said. He, and how do we know that? He looked to the left and right. He hid the stuff. He went into his tent. He dug a hole. He put it in. You only hide when you know that there's something wrong with it. He boldly defied God's requirements. And lest we shake our heads in disbelief, lest we point our fingers as if to say, I can't believe Achan would make that kind of a decision. You have people of God who go to church every week who are boldly defying God's requirements. Sometimes we wonder why God is not blessing us in the way that he may have once blessed us. It's because people, listen, at least, listen, when I was studying this thing, I said, well, at least Achan tried to hide, but you have people of God now who just come right into the house and they bring their sin. They boldly defy God in front of everybody. They don't try to hide it anymore. You, hey, listen, you all know what I'm talking about. Boldly defy God. God says, listen, listen, listen. God says that the Ten Commandments are still binding, but there are people who go to church every week who boldly defy God and they don't observe his commandments. They, they, listen, God says, God says, God says judgment is going on right now. But people, there are people who come to the house of God, who boldly defy God because they go back home and they shack up. They go back home and they participate in activities that God would not be pleased with. They feed their minds with the filth that's on the television set. There, 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 there are all kinds of things that are happening and people are wanting God's blessing, yet they're boldly defying God. That folk who walk around. I don't see that in the Bible. And when they really haven't looked to see if it's in the Bible, I don't read it. I don't understand it that way. When the truth is they have not even studied. So they can't understand it. They, they, there are things that God has given us in his word that he expects his people to obey. And he, and he holds us to it. But there are people who are boldly defying God. And let me tell you something. When we boldly defy our God, God will not bless you. I'm going to say that again. When you, when you know what God requires, I don't care how much you don't like what he requires. I don't care how, if you don't, how much you don't want to do what he requires. When you boldly defy what he requires, he will not bless you and he won't even bless your household. You say, well, how come I'm being blessed? The devil knows how to reward his people. Yes, I said it. I said it. So God punished all of Israel 
because Achan boldly defied him by willfully disobeying his command. Boldly. God will not bless. I got to read this. This is in my notes. God will not bless us while we have buried in our hearts, while we have buried in our lives, accursed things. Should I say accursed behavior? God allowed them to be beaten by this small enemy because they boldly defied God. Fully divided the instructions. But number two, number two, number two. I only have two points for you today. Why didn't God go and fight for them at AI? Why would he let his people, after they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, why would he bring them over into the promised land and not help them conquer the entire promised land as promised? Bold defiance. But secondly, Intentional ignorance. Write that down. <laughs> this is good stuff. Intentional ignorance. Now, before I really get into that, I need to define for you what intentional ignorance is. This is the definition that I wrote myself. I'm told that if if you want to author a book that you can make up words and stuff like that, I don't know how much that is true. But, but here's, my, here's the definition to intentional ignorance from Roger Bernard's dictionary. Keeping, watch this, keeping one's self ignorant of truth so as to not be held responsible for the consequences of the practice wrong. I'm going to let you all use that. I'm going to let you use it. I'm going to say it again. Intentional ignorance. According to Roger Bernard's dictionary, keeping oneself ignorant of truth so as to not be held responsible for the consequences of practiced wrong. See, when, when, when Israel lost to AI, they came back. In Aiken's mind, he knew it had to do something with him. He, he knew it. He knew it. But he was quiet. He didn't say anything. He pretended. He pretended like he didn't know anything. His family, who knew that he had hid the stuff in the ground, they all pretended like they didn't know what was going on. When, 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 when Joshua came and called Israel together and said, the Lord said to me, Israel has sinned. And he's not going to bless us. He's not going to be with us until we get rid of the sin out of the camp. Uh, Aiken knew. His family knew. They knew what was up. But they pretended. They faked it. They acted ignorant of what sin had taken place. Until God himself revealed that Aiken was guilty. You know how he did. He called the tribes. Then he called the, the, the particular tribe. Then he called by family. And then he called by the family name. And he said, Aiken, man, what is this that's done? And Aiken finally spilled the beans. He said, I coveted some stuff I saw. And it's buried in my tent. 
and 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 it wasn't uh, you you can't, see you you a person can't go around acting as if they don't know something when they are purposely intentionally keeping themselves ignorant about something so they don't have to do what God says. I'm trying to let that set in some. There are people who refuse to study God's word because they don't want to know what God requires. There are people who love pork chops. And so they're not going to study God's word to really see why he says pork chops, pork chops shouldn't be eaten. There are people who want to keep on living with a person as if they're their spouse. So they're not going to study God's word to really see what God says. They're going to keep themselves ignorant so that they could say, I didn't know. Are you listening to me? But maybe you say, I don't have a pork chop problem. I don't have a, a I don't have a, a, we call it a shacking up problem or, or, or a new arrangement problem. I don't have that kind of problem, but maybe you have a lying problem. You can't tell the truth to save your life. And you're not going to search God's word to see that a lying tongue is an abomination to God. You're not going to search God's word. Maybe, maybe, maybe your issue is not pork chops or, or shacking up or lying. But maybe, maybe your, maybe your problem is you have an unforgiving spirit. You hold on and living grudges for years and years. And years, and you you pretend you you pretend like you don't know that that you don't like a person, just so that you could not be around them, and, and so so that so that everybody could still call you holy and pious. But how many know that keeping one's self intentionally ignorant about what God requires is never an excuse? And God, watch this. God will not bless. God will not bless that mess. God, it is, it is God's intention that his people be open to following his word, to living in a way that please him, to, to, to represent him in, 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 to the world in a way that lets the world know that we serve a risen savior. He's in the world today. And we, we, to let this world know that there are people who rather die than the sin. Not people who just, who just faking it as they go along. Boldly defying God, keeping ourselves ignorant of what God required so that there's never any growth in our lives, so that we stay stagnant year after year after year after year. No seeking God, no turning to God, no giving, no, no being willing to give up what we love to ensure that God knows that we want to be in relationship with him. There's a statement that goes, look before you leap. You all know that statement? But what the people of God literally are doing today is they're leaping and then trying to look. Literally, listen, listen. Keeping ourselves ignorant of what God requires really 
it really doesn't make sense. I mean, why wouldn't we want to know what God says? And so why wouldn't we put his word in our hearts? Why wouldn't we open and study and, and apply the lessons to our lives? That, you know, not doing that, it's like going to the doctor. The doctor giving us a prescription and we just taking it without reading the instructions. No one would dream of doing something like that, but that's what we do. And as a result, we are not being blessed in the way that God wants to bless us. One of my friends, Pastor Stephen Ruff, who I think is excellent when it comes to um, stewardship, especially financial stewardship, was relating to me a story of how one of the pastors of a church was saying, uh, trying to explain why the, the giving in the church was down. And, and, and so, so what the pastor said was, is that my, I, my biggest donor left the church, moved off somewhere. And Pastor Ruff said, well, if the biggest donor has left the church, then we need to close that church. We need to close it up because the biggest donor is Jesus Christ. The biggest donor is God, our Father. The biggest donor is the Holy Spirit. That's the biggest. And when the biggest donor leaves, then you need to close the church up. The fact of the matter is, is that people just weren't being faithful. They know what God says, know what God requires, yet they boldly defy or they make themselves intentionally ignorant and then still expect God to bless. Now, let me tell you something, church family. I'm at the end. I'm at the end. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. He wants to, he wants to open the windows of heaven, pour out so many blessings that there won't be room enough to receive. You know, we know texts like, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, never seen his seed begging for bread. We, we know that kind of stuff, but let me tell you something, guys. When we boldly defy God, when we keep ourselves intentionally ignorant and we continue to puddle around with sin and error, God will withdraw his blessings because we can't use him. We, we, listen, if you had somebody around you who only came around when they wanted something for you, from you, would you keep giving it to them? I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, you. Would you keep giving it to them? No, because you will say, I refuse to let myself continue to be used like this. And folk, let me just share with you, God is good. God is merciful. God is gracious. He's all of those things. But you, he refused to allow himself to be used. He's too good to us for us to just use him. And I'm saying to you today that I don't want God to withdraw his blessings from me. And I hope you're saying you don't want God to withdraw his blessings from you either. 
As a matter of fact, go ahead and type in that comment section. I want my blessings. That's what I want you to put. I want my, put it in the comment section. I want my blessing. And if you do, no more defying God, no more keeping yourself ignorant. Open his word, search the scriptures daily. See what God requires. And regardless of whether or not we want it, regardless of whether or not it's what we like, follow the God, follow God. And God will do for you what he did for Israel when they marched around the walls of Jericho. You will find that he will fight battles without you having to lift a finger. You will find that he will come to your aid and you don't even know, you can't even fathom what happened because God delights in caring for his children. Maybe today you want to say, I want to accept God as my personal savior. Maybe you haven't. Maybe, maybe you've, you've never accepted him as your savior. Maybe you have, but you walked away from him. And maybe you want to say, I want to give God a chance. If you type in the comment section, I want to accept him as my personal savior. I want to join his church. And, and somebody in that comment section will see that from the team. And they'll be able to take down your information. And then somehow we'll be able to get in touch with you. Let us know how to be able to get in touch with you. are looking for a church family. Tabernacle of Praise is the place to be. Just right in the resection, I'm looking for a church family. Someone monitoring will take down the, your name. I don't want God to withdraw his blessings from me. And my prayer is, is that you don't want him to withdraw his blessings from you either. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're thankful for these moments together. Help us not to be intentionally ignorant. Help us not to boldly defy you, but help us to follow you wherever you will lead us. Bless those who are watching, bless this church family, and help us to keep our hands fast and securely in yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor. What a powerful message, a sobering message. That is what you call meat in due season. Saints, the Holy Spirit was speaking to our hearts you know, this time of sheltering in place, we haven't been seeing each other, assembling in our churches, and people have been drifting away, boldly defying God, but yet still wanting all the blessings of God. We have to be faithful people. We have to have unyielding faith. Don't drift off, but keep your hands stayed in the hand of God. And I thank God for his blessings. Pastor, I want to thank you once again for that powerful message today. And we will continue to hold that message in our hearts, folks. And just a couple of announcements. Um, today at 2.30, uh, we're gonna have our training for discipleship class uh, by, led out by Elder Lee Carroll. We're gonna be studying out of the book, Last Day Events, chapter 14, on loud cry. You don't wanna miss that. And also on Wednesday night, we have a very important um, prayer meeting, Power Hour on Wednesday night. If you missed that, so I want to encourage you to tune in on Wednesday night. So until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. See you next week. Amen. <laughs>